listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, this is your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Wednesday, the 14th of April 2021. Later, Bitcoin hits a record high, but first, more great news on the Australian economy. The Westpac Melbourne Institute Consumer Sentiment Index hit an 11-year high today. For more, I spoke earlier with Bill Evans, Westpac Chief Economist. Bill, you've called this result extraordinary. Why? Well, Ricardo, we saw a number of headwinds emerging since the last survey. You know, we saw the end of JobKeeper. Uh, We saw some disappointments on the pace of rollout of the vaccines and the announcement from AstraZeneca about the uh, concerns about the impact on uh, certain people. Um, So I thought that with that sort of uh, those sorts of headwinds, uh, sentiment would, would struggle to be positive again. So given all of that, what does it say about the consumer and the consumer's role in the economic recovery in 2021? Oh, look, they've got extraordinary momentum. They're benefiting enormously from the big stimulus that we saw last year. A lot of that is still uh, being saved. So there's a, an opportunity for that to be spent. In fact, uh, our growth forecast for this year at 4.5%, bear in mind that trend growth in the economy is usually around two and a half percent. Our four and a half percent, we've got three percentage points of that four and a half coming from the consumer. Now the consumer is nearly 60 percent of the economy in terms of spending, so it's not surprising that they have the lion's share of growth, but that is a really big part. And of course, a strong consumer will encourage business, will encourage their sales forecasts, they'll invest more. And so it's really the consumer is where it all starts. And these sorts of results are encouraging. Is this sustainable, though? I mean, have we really seen the full extent of the outcome of the end of JobKeeper? And what about the threat of another COVID-19 outbreak locally? Well, the threat of JobKeeper was very interesting because we, we, we have always thought that the biggest impact on JobKeeper would be in those industries such as hospitality, uh, leisure. And yet the confidence in workers in those industries rose by more than virtually any other sector apart of course from the confidence of workers in house building and of course they're extraordinarily confident so it's sort of early days but it looks as if the impact of job keeper ending might be quite modest for the consumer how are consumers feeling about the jobs market they're very positive about the jobs market they're not as positive as they were a few months ago and as we indicated at the, in the introduction, this is the strongest level of the, in, of the index since August 2010. But their view about the labour market is about 10% less strong than it was back then. And that's not surprising because if you think about it, the unemployment rate is still in the, in the high fives. And I think we should be aiming for a full employment rate of below 4%. So... The unemployment rate is still 2% above the full employment level. So there's still a bit of tentativeness out there about the labour market. A lot of people are talking about house prices. How are consumers feeling about housing? Two measures we have on, on housing. The first one is, is now a good time to buy a dwelling. And that tends to be impacted upon affordability. And that index is actually nearly 19% below its peak uh, late last year. So what, what the respondents are saying is that well, uh, house prices are rising and we're reaching a point where we're starting to feel squeezed by affordability. And that'll affect particularly owner-occupiers and first home buyers. 
On the other hand, the index for house price expectations continues to surge. It's now well above its uh, pre-COVID level. There are no signs of that slowing down. And of course, that's the one that uh, encourages investors. So you're going to get this tension between owner-occupiers who are feeling uh, threatened by uh, falling affordability and investors who are there for the capital gains. And that's going to be the big dynamic of the housing market over the course of the rest of this year. Finally, just like NAB's business survey out yesterday, the Reserve Bank looks at Westpac's Consumer Sentiment Index quite closely. What will the board be thinking about it? And does it give it any more of a reason to pull forward their expectations for when conditions will be right to see an interest rate rise? They'll be encouraged by it. But as I said, I think they're getting more ambitious on where the, the full employment rate will be. And I think we're starting to think in terms of something below 4%. So the key will be how quickly do we get back to that full employment rate because you're not really going to get that upward pressure on wages until you're at that full employment rate for some time. So while they'll be revising down their forecast for the unemployment rate, they'll also be revising down their target for full employment. And I think that still points to them being on hold for a very significant period of time. Bill Evans there, the Chief Economist at Westpac. Now let's move on to Bitcoin, which has continued its spectacular rise, doubling so far this year, and it hit a record high overnight. It follows a big listing on the NASDAQ in New York overnight. For more, I spoke earlier with venture capitalist Mark Carnegie. So Mark, Bitcoin reached record levels overnight. Why? Uh, there's an IPO of a company called Coinbase going on in the U.S., today and that's basically the day when crypto crashes the party for the mainstream investors because this company which people have said is irrelevant um, and you know marginal and ridiculous ends up coming into the mainstream with this absolutely monster valuation in Australia it's certainly what's happening in the mainstream it's, it's got too big to ignore and a huge number of Americans who were deeply, deeply sceptical at the beginning have turned around and this is becoming rapidly a mainstream asset in the US. In China, the Chinese have decided that really their move to make the one uh, reserve currency to, um, to rank against the Swiss franc and the US dollar is really to capture this technology to do with digital currency. So things are playing out on a very, very big scale very, very quickly at the moment. By contrast, Australia, because of the lockdown due to Rona, has meant that really we've had very, very little exposure to the issues over crypto, other than people just kicking it down the road by another month and another three months and another four months. When we talk crypto, we, Bitcoin gets most of the attention. It's the one that is at a record high overnight. Is there growing interest Ether, in other it, currencies? Yeah. yeah, I mean, Ether hit a record high as well and... Binance and a whole series of other the altcoins as well. So the whole space is growing, but absolutely people focus on Bitcoin because it was the earliest in, it was the first. Um, it's, you know, the market absolute 800 pound gorilla. But there's an immense amount of stuff happening around the sides. And in fact, I think you get a lot of the early adopters saying that the Bitcoin game has been run, whereas the DeFi and staking and all of that um, smart contract stuff is only just beginning. 
So we've got Morgan Stanley and Goldman Sachs announcing plans to offer their clients access to crypto investments, and now you're launching your own fund. Why? Yeah, because I feel like the time has come. I mean, I think that um, this is just a space I find really, really interesting, especially for the DeFi and the smart contract space. So if I'm one of the strange people who probably is less enthusiastic about Bitcoin than other people, but more enthusiastic than virtually anyone about the promise of crypto as a broad um, institutional change to the way the digital economy works. Um, and I think it's a complex um, area. Can you tell me more about the risks, though, because crypto is unregulated. Can't all that money, all that digital money, just disappear? So the answer is it can't get it can't disappear. It can get stolen and people can defraud you. So there's no doubt that because it's regulatory, it, it is a regulatory wild west, um, you've got all sorts of problems about, about it and about regulation and about making sure your wallet's safe and you're going with a legitimate supplier and all of those things. But understand the Americans and Coinbase have been spending a huge amount of time trying to deal with all of those questions about custody and regulation. It's not like it isn't getting solved in various parts of the world. Venture capitalist there, Mark Carnegie. Now to the Australian share market, which hit a fresh post-pandemic high today. The S&PA SEX 200 up 0.7% to 7,023. It is now only 1.9% away from reaching its February 2020 record. Tech and gold stocks doing best today. So for more, I spoke earlier with the Executive Director at Peak Asset Management, Niv Dagen. Niv, the market continues to flirt with record highs. What will it take for us to actually get there? Yeah, we had our US job numbers, 917,000 new jobs last month. Also, new loans in China exceeded $2.7 trillion. And we had Italian retail sales uh, up 6.6% in March versus 2% expected. So we feel that the economic data essentially will drive the markets higher. Today, the market's above 7,000 for most of the session. What's been driving the gains? Yeah, it's really been a sector rotation, Ricardo. So we've seen some bank stocks under pressure and technologies up. Essentially, it's really been the US inflation figures being the drop in the bond yields, and that's helping propel the technology stocks higher. So we've seen technology stocks such as Zip Money, Afterpay and Sezzle up strongly. Also, gold miners such as Resolute up 15%. Polonova currently up about 6%. Also, Whitehaven Coal up 5.7% in trade. That sector rotation uh, is interesting because earlier in the year we were told or we were being told by analysts and, ma and fund managers that we're seeing a, a shift away from growth stocks into value stocks. So tech stocks, say, into the banks or the reopening economy trade. But tech stocks are doing well again over the past few sessions. What do you make of it? Yeah, investors are really looking for value at the moment. So we've had record interest rates globally, quantitative easing with bond yields rising as well. That's putting a bit of pressure on the banking sector. So investors are looking for value and those stocks that have essentially providing value are the technology space. So we had Zip Money come out yesterday with a really strong quarterly up 17%. City also upgraded their numbers uh, significantly. Uh, Sezzle, Afterpay, uh, we do see some value in the technology space. It's really been that sector rotation. Okay, speaking of tech, Bitcoin hit a record high overnight. Coinbase is listing in the US tonight. I spoke earlier with Mark Carnegie, who is launching a crypto fund here. What's your take on the sector? What are the risks involved and do you like it? 
Look, interesting. Investors are once again looking for value. So there's a really strong inverse correlation between the price of gold right now and the price of Bitcoin. So what we are seeing is investors are starting to feel a little bit more comfortable with uh, an alternative currency uh, being the digitizing of assets globally. And we're seeing central banks, also larger financial institutions like the JP Morgans, like the Goldman Sachs, actually pushing that forward. So with the fact that Coinbase listing later in the week that is propelled bitcoin to record highs and just finally how are things looking in the small cap space is there anything that you like there yeah we've seen brain chip uh that jumped about 30 percent today the billion dollar company uh promised to build computer chips uh that mimic working of a, of a human brain so we've seen really strong inflows into brain chip also asx lithium explorer galaxy having a really strong session during the day lifted its resource estimate in the project in Argentina, and obviously, as we talked about, some of the resource stocks. Niv Dagan there from Peak Asset Management. That is SBS on the money for this Wednesday, the 14th of April. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Business Recovery. This SBS on the money podcast is provided for informational purposes only content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision.